You're listening to Christy Unedited, the podcast, and I'm your host, Christy Gray. Christy Unedited started as a raw and relatable conversation, and it always will be, but it's become so much more than that. Each week, a few special souls dish out some authentic truths as we navigate together the exploration of self. Thanks so much for listening. Let the magic begin. Welcome to part two of Wild Youth with Nat Welfare. If you haven't tuned into part one yet, I would highly encourage you to do so as it's a beautiful flow on effect from that episode. We get straight down to business with this episode and just a small reminder that the audio quality in this particular episode was a little choppy at times. I have tried to edit out the really choppy um, elements as much as possible, but I did want to preempt it for you in case that you were like, what the hell is going on, Christy? But this is the second part to finding out how I overcame so many of the challenges that I was faced with throughout my life and why self-exploration, self-discovery, self-worth, self-esteem and exploring who I was as a person helped me to become the person that I am today that I am so incredibly proud of. So enjoy this episode. You mentioned to me at around, I think, 19 maybe that you started getting into crack more than party drugs what like walk us through the events that really led up to that crossover I guess from party to hard drug and what is crack first of all (laughs) yeah so um well in New Zealand it was known as P so Um, because it was methamphetamine. I think that there's different variations of it today, and so I'm only speaking about what I was exposed to. But, yeah, it's pretty much like um, pseudoephedrine boiled down and you smoke a glass pipe. Um, We just called it crack, but I think the crack in the U.S. is different. That's Mm. why I kind of wanted to highlight that. Yeah. Um, I feel like crack in the U.S. is a type of, like, um, it's like crack cocaine, so slightly different but I don't know yeah Yeah. unsure not an expert (laughs) I never no and that's the thing like I never cooked it I can't even tell you the first time I smoked crack like I don't remember the first time I can tell you the first time I introduced a friend to crack which I just feel so guilty because she went down a completely different road which I felt a lot of my life um but to blame for that of guilt that I hold on to. But in regards to myself, I can't tell you the first time, but I remember um, a few people kind of in my circle of friends dipping in and out of it. So I was taking acid, ecstasy, um, snorting speed. I was doing anything and everything every weekend. Do you have any particular, I mean, acid always comes with a good story (laughs) any particular events that you can remember happening things going awry like they usually do not (laughs) I just just wild shit would go on and I was up for anything was going to happen but yeah when I started smoking crack there were a few layers to that um 
There's a small piece here I've removed for privacy reasons. However, it does refer to somebody that I was spending a lot of time with during my extracurricular activities. And so I was not only smoking crack with him, I was spending all my time with him. Mm -hmm. And um, that was a wild time because I, I wasn't thinking about anything else but myself and him and we're going to smoke crack again. Mm. Like, but I also was managing a store. I was able to, I'm very good at putting on a public face, something I've done my entire life. Something can be going detrimental in my life and I can still show up and no one will have any idea what's going on. And I think that's how I navigated that time in my life. I also lost weight because I wasn't eating. And so that yeah. made me feel better because I projected confidence and I was doing the things like flashing or stripping or whatever, right? But it was yeah. an attention thing. And so I think when I had to lose weight, I was like, oh, my God, um, you know, it was almost like there was an obsession with lifestyle I had around it. It wasn't actually yeah. the drug itself. There was, like, positive results almost coming from it. Yeah. Yeah. And I started to meet a lot of people in really places in different companies that were smoking crack. You would have no idea. Really? How did you know? Okay. So how did you find out like people in the workplace? How does that convo come up? Do you just say something a bit shady and they're like, yep. Well, there was a particular person that we used to work for a car dealership in Christchurch that would um, allow my friend who I was always with to take cars from the car dealership for the night yeah so we would be driving around town and And he did he own it or was he just working there just working there oh my god and he'd give them to us and we would go and deliver crack or go to a hotel room or like I think I was providing support to my friend or, or the other people that I was around but I don't know if I was really contributing anything except myself. Like maybe it was Amazing. anecdotal value. Like Still I don't think- hype girling back in the day. Yeah. Like I think that's all because I don't remember ever having an outlay of like maybe I brought the McDonald's. I don't remember. It was just a very bizarre time in my life. Like it was an addiction that I could stop. I had control mm. over, but I don't have negative memories to it. I can see why people become addicted to things mm. because sometimes it's not the drug and sometimes it is. The um, relationships that you build, there's almost a sense of community around it because there's, like anything, right, whether you're paleo, crossfitter or crackhead, you feel yep. like you belong to a group of people and I think that that's what has what, what happened to me. Yeah, definitely. And I, I would, it's something I've thought about because where I'm from we have like – a big drug culture and like very similar to how you've described Christchurch. A lot of manies driving around when you're young and all that kind of stuff. Um, but I definitely like I was never rebellious in like to that level, but definitely could float between groups. And I definitely noticed that the groups that were more into like the drug culture and um, you know, dealing or whatever it was there was something very magnetic there. And I think it's partly because people don't want you to leave the community, but it's also like you're very, in order to do that, you're very supported and like everyone's really hyped up and like it's so exciting. Like it's chaos, but it's like 
my normal life can be very dull, but this is, oh my God, there's new stuff happening all the time. And I can totally see when, yeah, when you're in your early twenties and stuff, it's just like very much a pull there to stay in it if you've been in it before. And I've spoken to a lot of people about it. I think they think the same thing. Yeah, I think there's a pull to escapism. I think escapism shows up for people in so many different ways. It conflicts or food or sex or relationships. I still find that the escapism is like a hard reset. Like, so I had a tough week last week and I was like messaging my friend going, I really want to do ayahuasca. What's ayahuasca? More mainstream now, but it's what you could go and do in Peru. It's like where you drink the ayahuasca and you have a mind-altering experience that lasts 12 right. hours. So it's acid, right? <laughs> Same thing, right? And it's exactly this. It's, it's escapism. But when you have uh, addictive tendencies, um, I know that for me, I want to chase that next thing. And mm. that can be exercise or work and so it's like as soon as like life gets a little challenging for me I'm like right what can I do because yeah. I don't really drink or party anymore yeah. I can get addicted yeah. to that too definitely so what um prompted you to move to Australia then yeah, so I was on holiday. My fiancé at the time prized me halfway through the holiday. I pretty much loved it and I think he was he loved it too and we literally came home, packed up our life and we were here three weeks later. Wow. So how did you meet him? I thought we breezed over that. He was in there somewhere surely. <laughs> yeah, look, the, the crack... The correct time frame was probably about two years, but there were periods of time where I stopped because of our relationship because that was he he was not into drugs oh, really? at all. So how did you meet him then? Just through town, like cruising through with guy friends. And I was, again, like you said now, I was very good at being a bit of an alien and I could go into different pockets of friends and yeah. everyone kind of knew each other or of each other. I think he followed me inside and then... The next moment I realised that we were together, but he was one of my really good friends. And next day, it was like a Thursday night. Okay, babes, I'm back in here with a side note because the story was going on and on. But just know I caught up with his best friend and this is what happened. And he just pretty much turned around and he was like, this person is in love with you. And like, yeah, which was his friend and it was the guy that I just slept with. And I don't, again, it was like another moment in life where I don't actually think I thought anything through. I'm like, oh, my God, he loves me. And I felt like I owed something to him. And then I'd like, and as I think as women especially infanticize things, he's such a beautiful soul, only good things to say about him. Relationship was volatile, but I think we were both for that. Um, but yeah. I also too am a lot to, ha- I was a lot to handle then because I hadn't had, I'm not the person that I am. And so, yeah, that like, that was literally, I just fell into that relationship. Like I've fallen a lot of things in my life. Yeah. We were in that relationship for like, he lived at my mum's house. Um, we planned a wedding. Um, yeah, see, I'm not married to him today. <laughs> so the wedding didn't go through. Um, no. But tell us about the wedding dress that you had. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. 
it's like a Texas debutante, like, is that how you say it? Debutante, like, true. Yeah. I brought it off eBay. Like, nice. oh my God. I don't, I remember this dress. It was like an ivory cream and it was boob tube style and it like flounced out from the hips and it was gathered wow. like in areas. It was like very, oh God, really? Diamond. <laughs> <laughs> like a Victorian era, like curtainy looking one. Oh, what are we talking? What do you mean gathered? Like, well, you know how it's like pulled. So these are like yeah. a entire bunch. Oh wow, yeah. gorgeous, gorgeous. It was. I didn't really even think through. I am very impulsive, and so it was like, oh, this is the style I want. I'll order it on eBay. Just remember going. I'm going to get married, and I think yeah. I was into the thing of the wedding and all of that. Actually, thinking because we were already engaged. So yeah. So what made you call it off then? Like, obviously, he's a lovely person, and it's nothing to do with that side of things. Like, what? Because that almost makes it harder, surely, then to be like, I don't want to go through. Like, what? What got you to the point where you're like, oh, I actually don't want to do this. Yeah, there were like a series of moments. Um, We were, I think money, when money comes into the equation, money can change a relationship. Um, He had had a few things going on health-wise. My mum had helped him financially, but I was also supporting us both for a period of time, and I don't blame him at all, but it changed the dynamics in the relationship. Mm. So I was already a dominant woman. I then became dominant woman and provider and the mother within Mm. the relationship so how can you have a intimate relationship or a sexually charged relationship when you're a caretaker within the relationship as well if there's any guys listening it's not cute to be someone's mother (laughs) yeah right so that sort of changed how you felt about the whole relationship yeah there was layers to that I think that I'd kind of moved into that role for far too long compatibility is a massive thing I don't think we were compatible with the fact I am dominant but I also love somebody to be able to be dominant towards yeah for sure you want an equal as opposed to a submissive personality yeah yeah so um and, and he's not like that. He's very go with the flow, could stay at home. Again, yeah. I was looking for dominance. I think I, I need that. I need someone to bring me back down with. And so I just had one of those moments, which has been a reoccurring theme in my life, is, is this it? And mm. I just couldn't go through. Yeah. So was, was all the partying and stuff like on your end still happening or did you kind of leave that in Christchurch? party and I was still super wild but our relationship had become a little volatile like we were never good drinking like even when oh, we were no. like worst couple ever when we both yeah. drink because we jealousy from my end and his end and you know I think that drinking brings out the worst in people if you don't yeah. have a great relationship with alcohol yeah. and if you're not feeling good of- deep down that's it like it comes out the moment you hit the bees for sure but it wasn't like really like some people have really worse relationships it wasn't like we just we both very emotionally charged people different ways and it just was never gonna work yeah so then what like obviously things are so different now for you what was the like turning point mentally like what made you decide that all of this chaos and you know wildness 
was just not really ultimately where you wanted to go. Yeah. She's laughing while she remembers her entire life. Been actually really interesting to walk down memory lane with you today, Nat. Oh fuck, I can't believe I did that. Like it's just mm. a part of the story, and I've really owned that. Um, and I'm not afraid to talk about it either because I think we all have a story, and it doesn't make me any better than anyone else or any worse than anybody else. It's just um, the reason why I'm who I am today. So I'm back in here to give you a little bit of context, as you may have listened already to episode one of Christy Unedited. If you've been around here for a while, I talked about briefly my 28th birthday and how everything had changed, and that, by coincidence, was also my Saturn return. Everything on that very day changed, but these are the series of events that led towards that. When I was 27, I met a 21-year-old guy at a party on a trip back to New Zealand. He was hot. I had no self-worth. He gave me attention. I didn't love who I was as a person. So you can imagine it was destined for disaster. This is a great lesson for anybody listening is when you have a Leo man, they need adoration in their life. And that's not a bad thing, but I wasn't going to be the one to adore on him when it suited him. And so he moved to Australia. He was living in a different state. We kind of started this relationship, but hadn't actually met each other since that party. And then he actually flew to the Gold Coast and one night got really shit-faced because he was super nervous. Well, that's what he told me at the time. And met my friends. And like that was the that was like how our relationship began. Like he met my friends. And I was like thinking, oh my God, like the one. That's how I felt. Lo and behold. Really? one like that's a fucking red flag like I was 27 like (laughs) dude we're thinking very different things like yeah oh my god did he seem young like or at the time it was you weren't even like thinking that but in hindsight was he like a 21 year old or was he no he was worlds ahead of me yeah oh really really interesting yeah Um, getting into he was getting into health and fitness and he wanted to have his own business and um yeah and I that I don't even know I, I can't speak on his behalf I don't know what he saw in me clearly I had a great career though that was the thing I, I had a company mm. car I had like a two-bedroom two-story apartment I was living on my own so on the outside I was good but he probably was quite quickly that probably um, very volatile underneath. Yeah. And so he was actually planned to move to the Gold Coast. And um, I took some time off Facebook because Facebook was like so big then back in the day. Just as a story starting to heat up, the audio connection between Nat and I was so hard, I couldn't salvage it for you. But to give you the 411, here it is. So essentially, he was living interstate, but he had a complete double life. I had logged back on Facebook and I had a friend request from his new girlfriend, but I didn't actually know it was her. They actually were starting a family together too. And so you can imagine how distraught I was because of my lack of self-worth, my lack of self-love, and here I was about to hit rock bottom. I think my world crashed around me. It wasn't just because of that relationship. That was just the anchor of what I'm experiencing in my life. And so you're going to get a kick out of this one, Nat. 
Are you ready? Long yeah. blonde hair extensions. Um, I had the fake nails, the fake tan, all the fakeness. Gold Coast glam. Yeah, we, uh, that was how I could mask everything as a trying to make myself feel better because I wasn't wanting to do the inner work. And yeah. I got absolutely shit-faced with the girls. We went to the club. I had a couple of guys meet me out. I got... I, I had her extensions falling out and I was shoving them back into my juicy <laughs> couture clutch. And like Did I it looked like you had a little raccoon coming out of oh. your bag. Or... <laughs> and it was oh really this was really normal by the way, like getting yeah, shit. Yeah. I would black out every time I drive. I would not remember who I was with, who I slept with, what I was doing. And I threw up on the dance floor got kicked out and was literally holding on to a pole inside the nightclub and I woke up yeah. and I was on the couch. I had it to my own bed and the and I just remember being mortified. Like because I was such a different person when I drank, like I wild, like that very mm. wild side. And I'd been my entire life. And I still today, that's why I have, a, I have to have a, what, how much I drink and what I drink. When I was reliving this moment in time with Nat, I left out some critical pieces. Like when I woke up, I was so devastated at the person that I was and who I had become. Like I had been living a life that was a complete lie to myself and it was a facade. On the outside, everything looked shiny and magical, but on the inside, I had a hell of a lot of work to do, babes. And from that moment on, I vowed to myself, I will never be this person again. And so the journey begins. I'm done. I have to yeah. start doing the work. And that's when the work began. Yeah. Isn't that funny that, like, it seems to be such a thing that, like I, I started out in social work and you would see the same thing. Like there was a lot of, like 90% of people are not, they're still in the depths of whatever, but you see those people who have hit that moment where they've just, it just, it clicks and it's like bizarre. There's like actually no real specific trigger, but you, 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 you turn a page and you're like, I actually want to do it. Like yeah. I'm ready. Yeah. So what happened? Like what sort of happened after that that, you know, was part of that journey, I guess, like starting to just work your way out of it? Yeah, the extremism and my behaviour then transcended into my health and well-being. Yeah. So it, it, I had other obsessions, at least they were healthy obsessions now, um, which was an obsession winning the best version of myself. Mm. And this is the perfection. That's the underlying part of who I am. And so by getting in the gym and like finding the motivation to work out and, and wanting to explore how being and listening to things like Tony Robbins, that was at the time really motivational. I started, I'm a Joe Rogan listener. I actually started listening to Joe Rogan almost from the very beginning. And so yeah. um, I remember exploring that and I, I think that's a thing. Like I've I've asked big questions from the moment I w w like entered this world. Mm. Um, the questions that my mum said that I used to ask when I was really little. Like I've always asked the big questions to try to understand the world. But because I'd taken away all the drugs and alcohol, I could actually start exploring what makes me me. Like I went paleo for two years. 
I like didn't drink for years, like the extremism wow. behavior showed up in other yeah. ways. Yeah. Um, I kind of became a shell of who I was. I still struggle with finding that ground because, um, oh, and I don't want to get emotional about it, but it makes me emotional because that is, I think people see in life what they want to, I'm going through the thick of it right now where it's like, fuck, okay, how, how can I still do what I do and run a business of freedom? But am I willing to let people into other parts of finality? Because I think that's the thing in the personal industry is we put people on stools mm. and we we expect them to show up for us because we have expectations on anyone, right, whether it's a celebrity or our coach or whatever. And I'm perfect and I'm far from perfect, especially by this conversation. As you can tell during this part of the conversation, I was super emotional. I was choking back tears and I was definitely wading through the thick of it. I now can talk from a place where it is less emotional and to also give you a more detailed version as I felt like this part of the conversation, I was trying to avoid everything that was happening in my life. And this is the joys of having three planets in Virgo, but being the ultimate perfectionist. I chase perfection in all aspects of my life. You can say that my obsession or addictions throughout my life have moved from one to the next, perfectionism definitely being one of them. But during this part of the conversation, I was hiding a few things, which I'm going to share with you now. It involved stepping in as a primary figure for my brother and sister, who I've never met, and repairing a relationship with my father after I hadn't spoken to him in 15 years. One of my primary friendships had been dissolving for some time, and I was absolutely devastated by that. I also went through my iron infusion, which fucked with my mental health. There was a period of time where I couldn't even get out of bed and I think that I felt like the world was crashing around me. My business wasn't really doing very well over a two-week duration and isn't it funny, like when we're in the thick of it, this was literally over the space of less than a month and as I look back now and reflect, I'm like, that is only four weeks of your life, Christy, but at the time, I thought like the sky was falling. I thought the world was ending. And this is the joy of any rock bottom moments is that when we're in the thick of it, we can't see the forest through the trees, but they're here to help us to grow and expand so that we can become the best version of ourselves. So as much as you're hearing my pain right now, I want you to know that these moments are so crucial in who we become. Do you think it's a rule that we, like when we do go into business and become the face of it, that like a rule that we self-impose as well, where we're like, well, this is who I've committed to being, so now I'm not allowed to be anyone else. But like I wonder if anyone else feels that way or if it's just like that's the rule that we've given ourselves, but maybe actually if we just did all of the things, it would still be like parts of that would also actually be really valuable for other people to see. I don't know. Like it's a question I think about all the time too because like um, the collab hub as opposed to collab and social, I felt like I was maybe being not quite myself because I was trying to appeal to more people whereas now it's just me. (laughs) Take it or leave it. Um, 
I don't know, like is it, do you think it's a rule that we put on ourselves or or do you definitely, have you felt that there is that genuine pressure to be high vibe, yeah. got my shit together all the time? I've got two perspectives on this. I think that it's self-imposed action is to be in my business. But the mm. other part to this is that you are the anchor point for people in your life, which I am the anchor point for Sue Dog, my mum. I'm the anchor point for other people in my family. I'm the anchor point for my friends. Um, but I know that I'm an anchor point for a lot of my clients too. I've realized, and, and probably more with even some of my new friends and business as well, mm-hmm. is I get the best response from them when I am high vibe, giving them what they need, showing up as the person that I've committed to. Anytime yeah. I am struggling or I need a perspective they don't know what to do because yeah. it's like what happens when the healer actually needs to be healed? Definitely. That's such a common dynamic, don't you think, like where you are, if you are that person, it's like you're giving away, giving away, giving away. But because, and I and I think it's partly like you don't, um, <laughs> this is a weird way to say this, but you don't appeal to other healers because you don't seem like you need them. So then when you do need them, they're not there because it's like that was not compatible previously and then you're like, oh, fuck. Where's my healer? You you project innate confidence of who you are, which I do, and I have my shit together 90% of the time and I do look through a lot of things on my own because I have Mm. the ability to do that. I am a little rebellious, so if you're probably going to give me advice, I'm going to take it. But it may I love you. (laughs) Totally, right? And so I think when you project that energy of that confident, don't have your shit together, people actually don't know what to do and how to respond yeah and like I uh, would say that I'm, I'm not a healer like you but I would say that I'm a pillar for like in a like maybe slightly different way and the same sort of vibe and I think I think one of the things that I realized was what I was sort of just saying where like because I've always projected that they like people didn't even realize that that I might need them back and like over time I've decided like oh with great pain like because it's so hard to do but like to like look you need to be more honest so that people aren't shocked (laughs) when you suddenly start crying or something like and they're ready to be like oh okay she's she may like actually need like I remember for example when I went to the UK the second time I was like lowest point in my life so far so far um and I was just lost and I've never been that person who's just like mentally lost. And my one of my best friends was like, what the fuck has gotten into you? Like I've never seen you like this before. And I think that was the first time that I was like, I actually have to be really honest this time. Like I can't play this off because I also don't know what's wrong and I need help. Like I don't know why I feel this way. I don't know. Like if that's in any way enlightening, but I like that was something I had to learn to be like, if I don't show them, they won't know. And I won't get the help that I'll need. Like, it's almost selfish that I have, like, it feels selfish, but just having to say it, like, guys, help me. <laughs> I'm struggling. Question to you, like, what does that look like? Well, I think there are definitely people that are in your life that are, like, like I'm just going to say it for what it is, are takers. Like, they need to be supported all the time. They're not capable of really supporting other people 
they're not your people. But for me, I think like I just, I believed, and I'm doing air quotes here because it was false, um, that people were not capable of understanding me or not capable of giving me a perspective I didn't already have. And so for me, it was like almost part of my self-work as opposed to an expectation on them that I need to stop um, making an assumption about other people and what they're capable of or what they would want to do if I gave them the opportunity and just saying like, here's what I need to do. I just, it's self-work to me to just be honest and say what I'm feeling, like rather than um, be like, no, it's fine, like I'm I'm coping with it and go internal and just boil up, um, be like, I'm struggling, I don't know what's going on or I don't know why I feel this way or I feel lost and not expecting to be solved, but I think like just letting it out was even the first part, like <laughs> like just saying it out loud. And then it, I think people surprise you. Some, some people don't surprise you, <laughs> but a lot of people I think do where they're like if you just say what you have to say without expecting anything, they might, And but being open to listening to what someone says, like some people have more insight or allow you to bounce off them in a way that's like really helpful for me anyway it's definitely made a difference to me in the last four years I would say yeah Mm. and more how I feel about myself yeah yeah it's I'm going to take advice and it's definitely Mm. a work in progress over here it almost happened when I shifted into I studied life coaching and so I'm actually shifting into almost this role where I don't necessarily want to be the coach but I yeah it's a part of who I am anyway so if you bring a problem to me I'm going to try and workshop a solution for you so I've almost created my own self-fulfilling prophecy it's so hard not to because like if you're that like there's like you either are that personality who is just naturally good at that and 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 people feel your strength and they want they need that um, or you're not, you're the opposite. Like there's kind of those two types of people. So I, it, I think it actually takes work to, to roll yourself back and be like, I need to make sure that people are perceiving me um, accurately so that I don't always just attract that one type of, um, you know, energy sucker. <laughs> And other people feel comfortable with me who are able to support me where I'm not like going, nope, don't need you, not interested, got nothing to say to you. (laughs) Wow, we went from wild child youth to full like transcendence, enlightenment, which neither of us have quite reached yet. As you can tell, Nat and I are starting to wrap up the conversation. We did continue to chat. However, we talked about things like entrepreneurship, um, evolution, and I think because I had been so open throughout our entire conversation that I was feeling a little vulnerable. So I checked in with Nat to see, am I actually crazy? Because Nat has a background in psychology and I kind of wanted to get her thoughts before we wrapped up. These were some of her thoughts on addiction and perfectionism. We spoke about um, addictive personalities, which was, I don't know if it's even addiction. Like these are all theories for me. These are not, I have no research to back this up, so don't take this as a word. Um, But I don't even know if it's 
addictive personality that causes that polarity of behavior where you're like you're right into one thing but you can replace it with something else I'm not sure what that is for people but I think it's a really common um personality dynamic or um um duality in people where um they're not able to go from like the chaos or the addiction of something to a balance it has to be like I'm I'm all in this or I'm I'm all in this other thing and that's absolutely gone I can get rid of it um like one example that I was thinking of I don't know if I actually mentioned that to you can't remember now but like where you see people who um you know maybe it's a guy maybe it's a girl they're like massive party animal they like like very promiscuous, they sleep around for years and years and years and then they finally meet the person they want to marry or their soulmate or whatever you want to call it and they just go bang and do like a full 180 on their life. They just like shed that crew, They no more drugs, no more alcohol, like they're going to bed at 9 p.m., not 11, like 9 p.m., they're drinking smoothies every morning, like it's, it's either one or the other. I and I think you see it a lot. I don't know what causes that. I just think we over try and um, solve the human mind too. Like I think it's just a type of wiring that some people have and other people have something else like that where they're maybe, the, maybe so balanced and so adverse to extremism in the same kind of way. Like it's just as... Um, not compulsive, but like some people need to be very centered. They need security. They need safety, um, and anything that pushes them to extreme, like they kick back against it instantly. Whether it's too healthy or too party or whatever, like I, I just think they're just two common types of personality. I would say that I'm in the cent- like I need to be centered all the time, or I get really uncomfortable or something. I don't know. Um, that's hard to say maybe a little bit of both but or you're the kind of person who's all in or all out of something and and straight on to the next thing like and goes hard straight into it but I don't know I don't think you need to solve it like it just is what it is I hope you've gained some insight into these two episodes that center around the topic of wild youth. I also have some final thoughts on not only these two episodes, but the episodes that will be following this week. And it all comes down to where I was at in my life when I hit record on these episodes. We were knee deep in Scorpio season. I had to reference astrology and Scorpio season is all about birth, death and transformation. I was at a place in my life where I felt like I was peeling back the layers of an onion and I was even deciding whether I keep the podcast, whether I change it, whether I keep my KG brand or whether I change it. Um, I have started looking at launching another business in the background. Do I pour all my energy into that and the KG brand? Do I get a job? What does my relationships look like? friendships specifically and then also like 
am I going to start dating again? When is this going to happen? Because you know that I do things in extremes, babes. But you'll probably hear throughout these episodes such a difference in my tone and my energy and how I'm showing up as to how I'm showing up for you now. And I don't want to say it's because I shaved my head and I saw the world through a new lens, but I kind of did, is that I needed three things to take shape for me to feel like I do today. One, shaving my head. That literally changed my life and I cannot tell you I was able to reprogram almost my entire subconscious, I'm pretty sure. Not not that that's actually a thing, but my perspective of the world changed after that. I also needed a holiday. I had not had a holiday in over two years, and it's amazing when you just take a break how you can see the world with a new perspective, a much more shinier version. And thirdly is I just needed to look at what I was grateful for and what I already had built and what I'd created and what success looks like to me. And I wanted to create my wild vision. And 2020, I don't know if you felt like this, but it felt like I was hitting my head against a brick wall a lot throughout the year and I felt like I could never get ahead. But with fresh energy and a new perspective and a brand new year, I was able to see things for the sparkly, most magical version of what they were and that is my life and so enjoy these episodes and you can relish in the fact like I am that your world can change in a day you can find the love of your life in a day your perspective of the world can change in a day you can say yes to the career of your dreams in a day and all it takes to transform is a day Thanks so much for tuning into this episode. If you love this conversation, please rate it, review it, or send it to somebody that may vibe with it. Or you can subscribe to stay up to date with the latest. I'll catch you next time.